Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Good afternoon and welcome to episode three of the Tradie Hour season number two. We look forward to having a, an expansive conversation today as it relates to the employment pitfalls. Now remember, you are also an owner of your business, a leader in your business, and in fairness, you are a part of the employment upside or downside in your business. So we're going to truly unpack that today. I want to welcome our guests here today. We've got Matt Adams, who's a regular um, from Tradie Wraps. He's got a growing business. He gets to meet and greet Tradie-based businesses on a weekly basis. And typically the conversations that occur in the car park as they're dropping their car off and or picking up their amazingly uh, recently wrapped, sign-wrapped vehicles is a conversation that revolves around people and team. We've got Malcolm Chong, when we talk about royalty and employment and uh, HR as it relates to Australia and New Zealand, EmploySure is the number one organisation as it relates to outsourced HR and doing things right. It's one thing, I guess, um, recruiting, it's one thing onboarding, it's one thing growing, and it's also another thing deselecting and being aware of the ins and outs and the, and the guardrails as it relates to your HR obligations or your employment obligations, that's so important. So welcome, Malcolm. Great to have you. I've got a whole bunch of questions for you here today, and uh, I look forward because, I mean, really, your business on a weekly basis is, is moving in and out of businesses throughout Australia and New Zealand, like to the hundreds and possibly the thousands every week. So we look forward to uh, asking a few questions of you. What do you see and what do you understand as a business employer to be some of the trends as it relates to growing and definitely thriving in the space of employment. So I look forward to that. Welcome, Malcolm. Good to have you here this afternoon. Thank you, Stefan. Hi, everyone. And Matt, good to see you again. I mean, you know, you're, uh, this is our third, uh, third episode and your contribution and feedback that we're getting from our uh, community has been amazing. Great, great insights and awesome to have you. How's your week been in business? I know for me, it's been a big week in business. This last week and the start to March has been nothing, nothing short of just amazing. How about you? Yeah, yeah, we've never been busier, to be honest, and uh, we love it. And you know, it provides its own issues, but they're good issues to have. Where we're wrapped to be able to have those sort of issues that come with being very busy. So I want to, I want to share. Um, I want to share. So these, these are, um, these are a set of questions that my personal coach, our business coach, shares. Um, and, and recently, he shared this with me. He, he asked these questions. Stefan, where are you producing inconsistent results? What is the root cause of the erratic, the erratic results in your business? The good, the not so good, the good, the not so good, and others would describe that as business. But where are and what are the root causes for those results? Is it the people you have hired, Stefan? Is it your leadership? Where is it and what is it as it relates to the training, the ongoing conversation? that you are investing in your team to ensure the the upside, the building of a team is something that you are truly invested and truly on a journey with. And he also asks me, what must change? So 
I want to go to that question. When you think about the employment pitfalls, because it's very easy in this conversation to point outwards, right? Point outwards. And always, I always, and it didn't happen naturally, I had to work really hard at this, I always love looking internally back to me first. What is it that I could do different as the leader in my business, as the, as the I guess, the chief decision maker as to standards in my business, what could I do different? Would I work for me? Would I work as, an, as a team member, as an employee, as someone that says, oh, I want to go and join Stefan's business. Would I want to join Stefan's business? So think about this in the space of your business, Matt. Would you work for you? I think I would. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a really good question because it does it does force you to really reflect on, you know, how you deal with your staff and how your expectations of them. Um, you know, even when you you know you look at your pay rates as well, it's like, would I do that job for me for that price? You know, so it is a very good question, and I think that it does. You know, reflecting on that is it's such an important thing because at the end of the day, we want to be attractive to our staff, as in to come and work for us. And so, just even asking that question will help us to go away and think about well, what is it that people like or dislike about working for me? Um, you know. It's not about lowering your expectations of a staff person, but it's it's about how you treat them. How you you know they're a human being. Am I treating them like a human being? You know they they've got families at home that um you know they need to have time with, or, or am I expecting them to just be committed to working twenty four seven whenever's required? You know those sort of questions. Now you know I do value my staff's um, personal time, so you know I certainly won't call them up on when they're on holidays um i won't contact them on weekends uh, we don't work weekends here so you know that gives them that time and you know i think it is you know there's all those sort of things that you need to I suppose look at and and decide whether whether you would work for yourself or not and, and it's quite interesting because we hear and malcolm I'll, I'll, I'll link to you now we hear around the traps how hard it is how tight the labor market is you know it's typically the lowest the lowest unemployment rate we've had in years in this part of the world and and and, and in fairness good people typically don't move unless an organization or an owner or a leader gives them that opportunity to move so Malcolm you are again you, you're a uh, you're in the leadership team at employer sure you're constantly on the front end of meeting hundreds of business owners everywhere across all industries. But today we're talking to trade and construction in the tradey out, proudly sponsored by Business Benchmark. What do you get to hear or see and ultimately could share with us and widen us here tonight as it relates to the trend of what the feedback you receive when you meet hardworking business owners every day in your job? What do you what do you get to hear as the trend as it relates to finding, keeping, growing or even getting rid of people? Yeah. Um, Stefan, I, I think it's important. Um, now everybody works because they need an income. There's a certain level of income they need, right, to meet their needs. And once they do that, I think it's important to um, then not give that an employee 
um, not make them look, look elsewhere. Because as you said, it's a, it's a very tight resource market. It's a candidate employee market at the moment, right? So one of the things that we're finding is a lot of our clients, and it doesn't matter what industry, but trades in particular, are finding it difficult to find employees, apprentices, casuals, etc. right? Qualified tradespeople. So once you've got, and I'm assuming we've got the wages sorted, so you've got the compliance side and you're giving a fair market wage, you take that off the table. And then it's about looking, what do other employees, what do the employees and, and what do people want? And, and, and they're looking at some of the softer things, self-development. You know, um, can they continue to learn? Can they develop new skills, work on different types of projects, do different things? That's number one, because a lot of people are ambitious and it's like having this little tool bag bill, right? That makes them marketable as well later on. So that I think self, self development and giving people opportunity is uh, very important. I think having a good culture, all right? So whether you're a small business and you've got one or two employees, right through to if you've got 10, 20 or, or hundreds, right? If somebody doesn't enjoy the culture or the culture's not good, it's a toxic culture and people don't enjoy coming to work and being in that social environment and working alongside their, their you know, their fellow companion, they're going to start looking. So getting rid of that toxic culture, cutting, you know, what, what, you know, what I call those people that detract from the culture, I think, or managing those situations well is very important. Okay. So when we think um, about toxic culture, because that's one of those, uh, I, I guess it's a reference point, isn't it? You know, we want to build, and we're hearing so much around culture in recent years, you know, work on your culture, work on your culture. And, and it's one of those words. That's what I feel. It's one of those words. Now, the word, again, it, th there is an interpretation and every business is different. This, there's no such thing as here's the book, here's the book of culture, go and read it. There's no such thing. And, and I remember, Malcolm, you and I were having lunch many years ago and you, and you gifted me the, uh, the, uh, the, the New Zealand, um, rugby team, the All Blacks book. The, uh, that's an amazing book as it relates to culture. And, you know, do you have them in the pocket? I so remember that little sharing that you had, uh, many, many years ago when, um, when you were talking about that. So, Matt, when we talk about culture, Malcolm, when we talk about culture, Stefan, when we talk about culture and our, and our, and our guest here this afternoon, when you think about culture, what are some of the two or three or four non-negotiables as it relates to culture? I'll go with the first one. I think, I think treating people as adults in an adult environment is critical to having a strong culture. Now, let me just add a little bit more to this. Treating people as adults in an adult culture means we are all adults, which means we take ownership, we are accountable, and we take responsibility for our actions. That's an adult culture. And if we don't have that playing out, we have transparency and truth. That means taking ownership and accountability to let that person or persons know when that's not working. To me, that's my first point of culture. Adult environment and transparency. Let the truth be known. Choose your words wisely. Malcolm, what could you add to as it relates to culture and building culture? Because if you do that well, 
you don't lose people on your team. Actually, you don't even have them starting, which is that whole higher, slow, fire, fast thing, right? It's all about culture. What's your second add-on as it relates to culture? I think people like to feel that they're part of something. I think people like to feel that they're part of a good business, um, that they're um, that they're doing good, right? And it's a profitable business, and and there's opportunities, right? So, um, you know, inclusiveness. I think you know sharing the vision. Um, you know, um, it will help a lot. You know, sell the story, build that cathedral. I think that's important. Love that. Um, and that sort of um, lends, so Matt, from your perspective, what would be your layer? If we were layering three to five points of culture in this conversation, we just started lead, adult environment, accountable ownership, responsibility. Malcolm talks about inclusiveness, have the courage to talk and share the vision. What yeah. would yours be? Um, I would put feedback. So like, you know, um, positive feedback, you know, nine positive things for every negative thing. Um, if there's, you know, if you've got a lot of negative things where well, you, you need to bolster up the positive things, you know, to, to get that balance right. Um, everyone, you know, openness and, and, you know, um, accountability is important to, you know, speak the truth when things aren't going right. But as a business owner, we often look at the things, the negatives, the things that aren't going right things that cost us money and things. But it's just so important to give positive feedback. And that might just be as, you know, I'm walking to the to the bathroom or something and I just say, mate, that is just an amazing job that you're doing there. You know, you're the best in the business. And you just like, for, and that's true when I say it, I'm not, not just, you know, blowing wind, but um, you can just see the difference that that makes to that person for like quite some time that you've just, Given them a real good boost, and in the last year or so, Matt, you've um, you're, you're, you've certainly uh, you know you're, you're, you've definitely taken on board the sharing of the vision, the uh, the preciseness of the work you guys are committed to, particularly for your uh, your tradey uh, client base out there throughout Australia. And uh, in saying that, um, how was it for your again your transition from I guess being responsible for everything as the boss? to now being more and more open and, and adult in your communication with your team. And they're a young team, but, my God, they pack a, a mean punch as it relates to, you know, responsibility and accountability. How did you transition to that sharing, to that ability to be a little more vulnerable? How, how did you transition? Did you want to, did you wish to share um, how that worked for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, in the, in the first instance, you know, we, we started to, we created, you know, some games around quality, um, just, you know, charting it and everyone What do you mean games? What, what is this? Is well, it business or is it games? What are you doing? Well, it, it's the game of business. So um, so basically we, we decided to have what we call a mini game chart on the wall that, that will track our quality. We, this particular one was we had a picture of a bucket and we had little stickers. Some lemons were good, some were bad. If, if the job had no reworks at all, we would just put a good lemon in the bucket. If it had a rework, we'd put bad lemons just outside the bucket. And that was just a fun way of measuring it, our quality. And as we improved, we had just little rewards along the way that got everyone engaged. And, you know, we live and die as a team. So it's not, you know, so much an individual thing. It's a team thing. 
And that just exposed the staff to like just looking at something that's beyond the work that's in front of them. And, and then that the next step to that was opening them up to, all right, what effect does this have on, on the business, on the bottom line? And, you know, rather than them just thinking, well, you know, we're turning over millions of dollars or whatever and, and you know, the boss is pocketing most of that, it helped them to be able to see the breakup of where did all the money go in a business and how a small change in the way we do something can make a huge change on the bottom line. And, you know, that does relate back to them. It's not just putting more money in the business pocket or whatever because that's what enables them to security, um, you know, income security and, you know, potentially income rises. No, I love that. And uh, welcome, Brendan. I know you were uh, caught up in a, uh, a very important toolbox with your team there about a, a special project. So Brendan David from The Drain Man, Malcolm Chong from Employer Shore, Matt Adams from Tradie Raps. And, and again, this is the Tradie Hour, season number two, episode number three, where we're talking about employment pitfalls. And I, I want to challenge the whole thing about pitfalls. What is this whole thing about pitfalls? And as we hear around the room, the importance of culture, the importance of setting a standard, the importance of actually this is who we are, this is what we do for the clients we choose to do it for, and this is who, as a business, following great systems, we do it with. So when you think about that, and Brendan, I know you just you've just slid in into the trade hour this afternoon. I'll get to you in a moment. How are you, by the way? All things good? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Excellent. Well done on uh and again I look forward to hearing more about your uh your recent um um victory, let's call it. it. Took us a few years to win that big contract, but I'm looking looking forward to hearing more about that in a moment. So when when you when you think about culture, actually so Brendan, we just had a go at layering culture. I, I recommend as a part of building culture, it's an adult environment, accountability, ownership and responsibility are critical pathways and the brutal truth, as in feedback. Choose your words wisely. Good, bad or ugly situations, choose your words wisely. Malcolm suggested the importance of, again, inclusion and ensure that people are belonging to something that's going somewhere and ensuring that as a leader owner, you're not keeping the vision a secret. You're actually being vulnerable enough to say, hey, this is where we're going, this is how we all win and we're all in it together. Matt then goes on to say the importance of positive feedback, affirmation, ensuring that we're playing games that help the bigger team, the greater team, regardless of what level, understand every decision leads to an activity. An activity means resources, I, we, you, them, us, are actually executing every other day. And if it's not the right result, what can we do about it now? That's a game. What can we improve today versus in a month's time is important. What would you add as it relates to a layer to be building culture in a trade and construction-based business? Uh, I think you've got to have a common goal. That common goal has got to be uh, clearly identified and agreed to by all all parties. Uh, And then you've got to have a fairly uh, rigid adherence to the agreement. Uh, And anybody who doesn't want to be part of the common goal basically deselects themselves. So let's so let's talk about deselection. Let's talk about the uh, you know the, one of the hardest things you do in business is grow a team, grow people, and then you go from five people to ten people, eventually twenty people, and beyond. But let's just keep it around. Let's hover around that zone for a moment. And and, and Malcolm, this again, this um, 
this definitely lends to your uh, you know your day to day. I know for me, I mean, I've had three meetings with um, with new clients today, and tomorrow I've got full day meetings with existing clients, and the predominant conversation will be around people. The predominant. There'll be a bit about cash flow, a little bit about customers, but there'll be a lot of conversation around the people bit. And if you don't break the back of this, then you don't move out of the drama of growing a business. You've got to break the back of the people bit. So when we think about deselection, which is a a uh, a what I would call a, a, a more appropriate reference to allowing people to leave or People being fired, right? Deselection. You know, it's better you work on someone else's team. Deselect. It's all good. So when you think about deselection, and Malcolm, what you see on a day-to-day basis, what typically is the conundrum? Like, you know, your business is in the business. The pleasure is in the business of minimising drama, ensuring people don't sit on the dock and ultimately are faced with manslaughter. Ultimately. People sitting on the dock and knowing the fair work or whatever is going to be on their side, not against them. When you think about the things that you get to hear and see on a daily, weekly basis, what is the biggest struggle of letting people that don't fit within your culture or your business or have the wrong attitude in your business, what is it that you get to hear and see typically every week, Malcolm? That's a shot of Malcolm on thinking time right there. So... So, Brendan, let's go to you with that. And no, again, let's keep it nice. So when it comes to deselection, when it comes to helping people move on and move their career to perhaps a better option for them and definitely a better option for us, that time comes. It happens in every business. What do you, what, what can you speak to as it relates to your experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Um, well, it was a hell of a lot uglier back uh, five years ago. Um, we've built mechanisms and systems in the business that allow that deselection process, whichever way it is, whether it's someone resigning or someone being told that no longer have a position, um, to make it smoother. Uh, and we've invested so that our exposure to the risks is um, minimised. Um, and people don't last too long past their use-by date. If the culture in the place is is all around a common goal, because that that negative uh, behaviour is not tolerated. Uh, and it's called out by their peers. So, um, you know, some people disguise it and say they've gone to a better job and whatever else. Um, but you've just got to remain strong, mentally strong, um, to know that you're comfortable with where, where your team's at. Um, because the people that are still here are the ones that are carrying us forward. Like someone who left five years ago and maybe even started their own business in competition hasn't done any damage to the business because the business has grown over that five years. So the the least thing, we used to fear this a little bit, the dry man, that people would go in competition and, and create its issues. Um, but as we've matured, uh, they don't do any damage. 
I love my peace and quality, but they don't do any real damage. And, and, and I love that, Brendan, because what, what it actually speaks to is the, I mean, you mentioned the word maturity, but, and it's okay because there's enough for everyone, really. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it, it's someone, you, you said use by date, but in fairness, people do outgrow. Like either the business will outgrow an individual or an individual an individual can outgrow a um, outgrow the business. So I guess the the um, the maturity that comes with don't let that do your head in. Don't let that fry your brain as it relates to if you are needing to move someone on or someone's wishing to move on. You're better off doing that without burning the bridge. Yep. You're better off doing it without needing to get nasty and you versus I scenarios. So I, th- I think there's merit to that. I think there's merit to that. So, on the same token, there are situations where culturally you've got to make an example of someone so that the rest of the team know that you're serious. Uh, I've got a 29-year-old son I've done that too. It ain't easy, let me tell you. Uh, uh, just reminding you, this is live, so be careful. That's okay. <laughs> he knows. No, no, Todd's a good boy. He's okay. And that's and that's all that matters is he understands uh, that business and personal lives don't don't mix. Uh, but there are things that you can't allow to continue; otherwise, it becomes worse than a cancer. Um, and well, it becomes the standard. It becomes the standard that we get defined by. You know, your 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 standard is your weakest or your lowest point yeah. of the system. Yeah. Whether it's a people system or a delivery system or a finance system, that standard, the lowest point of your standard, is what you are capable of. And this is why. Like he's doing the work we do here at Business Benchmark Group and why we've created the Trady Hour is to voice, you know, everyone in this room are genuine bona fide business owners who are having a go. And we get up every day and work as hard as we do and committed to the journey. And, um, you know, it's not over tomorrow, but we're on a journey. So when you think about we are responsible for the standards, so I, I get asked consistently, you know, what, what, what do you think is going to change in the next 10 years, Stephen? What's going to change in the next five years in my trade and or construction industry that I'm focusing on? What do you think is going to change? And I, and I sort of think about that, and there's a couple of um, there's a couple of responses um, that typically come to mind, but the most important thing that I I go back to is the grassroots stuff. And this is this is where as business owners of um, of our businesses, but but also as leaders in, in our in our lives, like we chose to be owners and leaders for a reason. We had a dream day one that literally many of you in this room would agree, even our audience would agree, within one, two, three years, that dream gets fizzled and burnt and you feel like you're, you're the shrimp on the barbie getting fried, right? Your brain has got so much brain damage and dumb tax has been paid all the way. But this is what I answer. When people ask me, when people ask me, what do you think is going to change in the next 10 years I typically say this, I think business owners are going to need to focus on less, get clear about your priorities. I think business owners are going to have to be really outspoken and very adult about their expectations of a standard. In other words, quality. 
What is the quality that we are truly promising our customers and needing to deliver and how are we making that tighter and tighter? Now, if you have more than three priorities, you have no fucking priorities. That's the way it goes, right? But if you have lesser priorities and you stay tight on that and you're really clear about delivering on time and on budget and a little bit more than what was promised, the standard, this is how we do things here, this is what an A or B grade standard is and this is what we're working towards. And once you get number one and number two right in the next 10 years, you will be afforded an opportunity to ship more. What does ship more mean? You can go and grow a few more people on your team to serve a few more clients, delivering a few more products than you ever did in the same period. And that, to me, will never change. The ability to attract an ideal customer and make it easy for them to buy, the ability to grow a team following great systems so that you are delivering on time and on budget and a little bit more than what was promised will never change. And if I had $10 and they were the first $10 or the last $10 in my business, I would spend 9 bucks. Nine out of ten dollars in customer service, customer journey, customer experience by investing in my team. Because a mediocre team or a misaligned team will deliver a misaligned or mediocre service. It's got nothing to do with the team. It's got to do with the leader as to what is their level, their standard, and what it is that they 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 they're right for. And then the last thing that goes into the next ten years is. Every other day in small business, I've got to be invoicing. Every other day, I've got to be collecting in accordance with my terms of trade. Because last time I looked, I don't have Westpac, ANZ, or, or uh, National Australia Bank on the doors of my business. I ain't a fucking bank. Matt, what do you think is going to change in the next 10 years as it relates to the employment pitfalls or the employment opportunities? Well, I mean, I. I mean, what's changed in the last 10 years? I mean, the, the same principles, you know, have run for 100 years on how to run a business. And, you know, I think it's just so important to be, for the owner or the leader of the business to be the driver of culture. Um, so I don't see the fundamentals changing. Like, I think it's just, you know, we have to actually focus on what are the fundamentals, which is, a lot of what you just mentioned there to do starting with you know customer service and delivery and and that sort of stuff and and you know and if you want the right people you've when people come on you have to set the culture or they'll set it for you and destroy your business absolutely and um and, and that's not okay so therefore if we go back to some of our points earlier in this uh, in this session in this um, in this episode about you know it's an adult environment Talk about the things that are working. Absolutely. Talk about the things that are not working. Do not blame. Do not use excuses. Don't even be in denial. Take an above the line. Be, be, be the owner of, hang on, what's working, what's not working? What are we doing about it is the question. How do we ensure something that shouldn't, shouldn't have happened, didn't happen, doesn't happen again? How do we ensure something that should have happened, didn't happen, we do it and ensure we're doing it right the first time? So that whole ethos of helping people be better, creating an environment where people can be better is the responsibility of ownership. And if you can't do that, it's a lot easier blaming people who are doing their best with mediocre instructions or care factor or even the piece around communication. You know, we don't have, or we, we, we have one team meeting a month in our business. Oh, really? And you call that a team. That's not a team. A team meeting a team culture is every other day there's a conversation about 
what is, what is not, and what are we doing about it. And that is the difference. So Melbourne, for whatever reason, has got some technical issues. If you needed any advice and or needed anyone, anything, that needed some clarity as to what can I do about not-so-good people on my team, what can I do about great people who need new employment agreements on my team, anything that's got to do with the compliance and legal elements, OHSE, reach out to Malcolm Chong and employ Sean Hill. Uh, he's promised me he's going to look after every one of you. So if you need anything as it relates to am I doing things right, reach out to Malcolm and he'll put you in the right direction through his employ short channel. Malcolm, you missed out on um, us writing a million-dollar cheque for you, mate, and the fact that you weren't here, we couldn't give it to you. I can't give it to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but this is the final end. <laughs> The last couple of moments of our, uh, of our of our episode here this afternoon, I want to uh, I want to throw to you, Matt, as a parting shot, and as it relates to the employment pitfalls, parting shot. Let's go. Yeah, well, I think that you've just got to have a a clearly defined role, and as you said, adult conversation about the responsibilities, and just keep that communication happening, and you know. Um, as, as it flows backwards and forwards, honesty and, and no egos, you'll work out whether someone should be with you or not. And they will also work that out as well. So just keep the communication back and forth. Yep. Brendan, parting shot on today's, uh, uh, episode. Um, hunt for better staff 24-7-365. Don't ever stop. Uh, because you're going to need to replace people for the rest of your business lives. Um, there's, it's just a fact. It's, it's always going to happen as you evolve, as your business grows. Uh, and the other thing I reckon is get out of the way of your people, employ them to do a job and let them do it. Uh, because I've been, I've been, a, um, I've been in situations where I've, haven't wanted to let go and I've gotten away of people who are more than capable more capable than I am even of doing jobs. And we've we've now got people in our business who are much better at what they do than than I am. Uh, and don't be afraid of that. Mate, beautiful, wise words. You know you know when I Google wisdom, Brendan? When I Google the word wisdom, nothing mm-hmm. turns up. Go figure. You need to walk on that tightrope, don't you? That tightrope called wisdom, and you've got to be okay with, you've got to learn as you go with certain things. And Malcolm, the parting shot as it relates to, again, employment pitfalls, culture, when things go wrong, what can we do? What's your parting shot? Firstly, Stefan, apologies for the the technology issue. Let let me um, offer you a few things, right, as a parting shot. Shots, I might call it, okay? And certainly happy to explore this with you further or anyone else on this podcast if they want to contact me. First thing is, I think you want to be seen as a fair employer in these particular times when resources are short. So make sure you've got a really clear expectation with your people, whether that's with a contract, with a handbook, with policies. There's consequences of people not doing the role right, but there's also they know what they need to do to perform. That's the first thing. Set clear expectations and have a good structure in place. Right. The other part, which I think when there's resources, it's a resource short market. When you're interviewing people and going through this process, remember, it's 
not about them looking for a job. It's about you convincing them this is the place to work. So you sell yourself, you sell the organization, right? You make sure that they know that you're approachable. What are the things that they are looking for, right? And then when you have a balanced scorecard of assessing these people based on their interview, based on your gut feel, given their experience, given their licenses, given their qualifications, given you've given a really good reference check and you've got all these things to consider, don't hold the process up. So make sure you've got things like Brendan mentioned, position descriptions, clear role descriptions, um, contracts, and then take them off the market. Make them an offer and get something in front of them, a good, robust contract, so it streamlines the process, right? You are the face of the business, and that's what you're bringing them into. So make sure you're organized and get them off the market before somebody else does. Malcolm, I love you. Mate, thank you for that. That is so good. And my parting shot as it relates to this episode of the of the Tradey Hour season number two, work harder on yourself than you do on anyone else. Don't wish this was easier. Leadership is not for the faint-hearted. You need to be as balanced and as really clear about what is the, the what is the level of standard. And if you're having that conversation in the interview process, in the onboarding process, in the initial phases of someone starting with you, then there is no hallucination as to, oh, I didn't realise it was going to be this this hard or this amazing working with you. So work harder on yourself in establishing these skills and first impressions and long-lasting impressions than anything else. The game of business is about people. It's a people thing. The game of business is not a job. It's not about being a sole trader and being in a job. And if you are a sole trader or in a job as it relates to your business, at some point soon, you're either going to be very tired and frustrated and wishing you were working with someone else that was a little more structured than you are as your own boss, which is great about would you work for you, right? So work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Be truly invested in being the owner leader and allowing people, as we just heard in the parting shots just then, to be brilliant at what they do, brilliant at their basics. Anyone on your team that has more than three priorities, you are killing them. Anyone in this room as an owner in your business, if you have more than three priorities at any given time, I'm not talking day to day, I'm talking about 90 days, 180 days, three key priorities, if you have more than three priorities, then you have no priorities. You are a dog's breakfast, and that is where mediocrity lies. Thank you, everybody. It's been an amazing week in business. It's an amazing month as we conclude the third quarter of the financial year, March 2022. We look forward to seeing everyone next week at our 80 hour live LinkedIn show on Monday the 14th at 4.30 p.m. Thank you, Malcolm. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you, Matt. Power to you. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education, and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 039001-0878. If you liked this podcast, 
please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.